The week is almost over, so pour that coffee. And let's discuss what's going on in Milwaukee, Madison, Washington, and beyond. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Joining Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi, here's Joe Sapecki and Bill McCaution. Should we talk about the government? Uh, we dressed it up, gentlemen. Bill McCaution, Republican strategist, Joe Sapecki on the Democratic side. We jazzed it up a little bit for you guys on this Friday. Yeah, it's a Zapecki more than Sapecki, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll fix we'll it. We'll get post. there. We're we'll fine. That was a live yeah. read, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't a live oh, read. Oh, we hadn't heard that before. Yeah. yeah. I maybe well, do, I have to, do we have to run it by your people? Is that what's uh, happening here? You know, I was we'll told. our I, people talk to your yeah, people. I was told I had sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who told you You'll that. get nothing and like it. Because clearly you don't have sign-off. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So I get, we have to start with the big story, and there's a lot of big stories. But uh, are you getting regular updates on the vote count? Apparently, somebody's Joe? already complained. They need me in the cloakroom. <laughs> I was going to say that's your people saying right now. Don't go any further until this has all been ironed out. All right, the House of Representatives is trying to find a speaker. I saw the breaking news this morning. Derek Van Orden from Wisconsin, Congressman, former Navy SEAL. He's on his way to Israel, so that's one less vote. Bill McCaution. You are a very smart man, and you're somebody who knows Republican politics probably better than anybody in this room, certainly. What are we doing here? So I've been yoga breathing all week. <laughs> Just getting are ready you, for this are segment. Are you a practitioner of yoga? <laughs> My wife has taught me this yoga breathing thing. I, I could not be more upset about what's going on. It, it feels like the Republican conference in D.C. is on the Titanic, and Matt Gates steered us in, right directly into the iceberg, and this ship is going down. This is what losing looks like. Uh, at the end of the day, doesn't matter if Jim Jordan, if there's a vote in an hour, if there's a vote tonight, if there's a vote tomorrow, if there's a vote on Sunday, it's ultimately about math. Jim Jordan does not have the votes. He's not going to have the votes. And the sooner the rest of the conference figures that out and goes back into closed conference and tries to select an alternative to him, the better off that we're all going to be. None of this public uh, outing of each other. I mean, there's so much disunity within the Republican conference right now. It's not healthy, and it and it's a sure way to get in the minority in 2024. Listen, at the end of the day, in politics, money isn't that ideological. It really isn't, with a few exceptions. George Soros, Zuckerberg, guys like that. They just bet on Democrats. Most people bet on predictability, and and right now the, the predictability of the Republican conference is zero, right? They can't even govern. So the money will follow Senate Republicans in 2024, thinking that's where the safe bet is. That's where they can pick up some sanity and have have a check against Joe Biden if he's reelected. So all of the things that have gone on in the last two weeks as a result of the chaos caucus, the eight guys led by Matt Gates, including a woman, Nancy Mace, uh, has been to the detriment of the Republican brand nationally. Full stop. If, Joe, you're if, a Democrat. I mean, you're watching this. What do you what do you what do you see in here? And if Bill wants to keep talking about what a mess Republicans are, I'm <laughs> yeah. happy to just. Well, let's sit get here past that. <laughs> I'm not that interested in that. I'm, I'm interested in actually getting the work of the country done, the people's work. Me too. In the people's house, and that's not happening. So, you're you're somebody that looks at politics very closely, and I'm seeing this, and I, I believe everything that Bill just said. But at some point, there has to be some forward progress here. I'm not sure what that looks like even for Republicans. And that's the problem, because at this moment in our history, there is nothing holding the Republican Party together as a party other than the fact that they hate Democrats, right? You've got a Republican conference that is part populist, part, 
you know, old guard, little C conservative, lower taxes, smaller government. You've got uh, people who are pro Ukraine and defending freedom and people who are not. You've got people who are there for the the the, you know, opportunity to go viral on Twitter. The only thing holding all these disparate elements of the Republican conference together is the fact that they hate Democrats. Yeah. And so that's not a healthy place for a political party. It's not a healthy place for a country. I, at the moment, listen, when we first had this conversation three weeks ago or two weeks ago, when it first started, you said Scalise, you said Jordan, and I said, give me the field. Mm -hmm. Now we're to the point where it is going to be the field, but I don't know who that's going to be. I don't either. And, And you see every single, you know, names are being bandied about, and every time some some portion of the Republican conference has a problem with it. So, listen, I have refrained from going there yet because I think it's pretty small likelihood, but the likelihood is growing by the day that there's going to have to be some type of interim fix that requires Democratic votes. The problem is that's basically a suicide mission for any Republican that's acceptable enough to Democrats. Yeah, so... Matt Gates has fans out there, right? And some think he's a hero for what he did. At the end of the day, he won a battle and lost the war, right? We had a four-seat, we have a four-seat majority in the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy took 15 ballots to be elected by this conference. And at the end, he, he had to strike deals with the hardest right in the conference, including, you know, giving a single vote to vacate the speakership to get the job. So... If Jim Jordan can't win today, all Matt Gates does is go backwards. Whatever Kevin McCarthy was will be better than what's coming because Jim Jordan would have to cut deals with the moderates in the conference. Remember, 18 of these people are in in seats that Joe Biden won. They're not just going to go for the hard right guy because he's the Republican in the field, right? This is something you, if you want to get things done in politics, you got to work things out. And and the best way to do that is behind closed doors, not regular press conferences and bloviating on talk TV at night. That None of that's helpful. I mean, this is going to require some leadership. Sadly, we haven't seen much of that out of the House GOP so far. Could we see, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Could we see a Kevin McCarthy 2.0? I think he's been lurking in the background the whole time. He's still sitting in the office. Listen, he, he, he lost by eight votes. Eight Republicans sided with 208 Democrats to take him out. Jim Jordan's highest vote so far is 200. So, uh, and he's lost by 20 and 23, I think are the two numbers. Today he's going to lose by more than that. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be over 30. Um, so Kevin's a lot closer to being the speaker than Jim Jordan is. But he would have to, in order to do that, he would have to get Democrats. So he's not going to get those eight. He's not going to get those eight. And that would mean that Democrats get concessions. Right. What those look like. Well, that's, that's, that's again, this question. goes back to what did Matt Gates really get out of this? Nothing. Would Democrats, if if somebody nominated McHenry in the permanent speaker role, would Democrats say, "Yeah, well, we're okay, we'll sign off on that"? If they got a few things right, and so what? Okay, so would, what are those? Those things could be a suspension of the Hastert rule, that as opposed to if more than half of the majority party is for something that comes to the floor, to say if more than half of the Congress supports something like funding for Ukraine, it comes to the floor. Um, a deal on. Not just another continuing resolution on the budget, but an actual deal on the budget to move things past next November. Um, you know, the problem with McCarthy and making that deal is he hasn't kept his word before. 
and it's hard for Democrats to trust him. But so there's ways, there's policy wins that Democrats could get that would be good for the country and might help Republicans resolve this mess. Hold your thought, Bill McCosh and Joseph Hecke. Um, got some great questions on the text line. You can join us, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Quick break here. Listening, of course, to the Political Power Hour on WTMJ. All right, joining me in studio, Joseph Hecke, Democratic strategist, Bill McCosh on the Republican side. I'll start with you, Bill. Um, a couple of texters have uh, asked this question. I was going to ask it as well. Uh, we are now hearing about, reading about, you know, I saw it on the news last night, death threats to members who apparently aren't lined up behind Jim Jordan from Ohio. Just a general comment on, on the state of affairs in the House right now. we got to tone things down in politics on both sides, but right now on our side, it's not right. So there are not, here, here's simple math for the listeners, there are not 218 mega districts in the United States of America. There aren't. 18 House Republicans are in districts Joe Biden won. This week, a nice lady named Mariette Miller-Meeks from Iowa, who won by, I think, 240 votes in her last election, is getting death threats. She voted for Jordan on the first ballot, didn't vote for him on the second, unlikely to vote for him on the third. This is nonsense. This is not what we do to our own team. And you say, well, what does Makasha know? I was in the minority in the state Senate. I helped Tommy Thompson create the first majorities in the state of Wisconsin in a generation. Democrats had controlled the House of the State Assembly from 1970 to 1994. They controlled the state Senate from 1972 to 1993. We helped change that by bringing people together. It wasn't dividing people. It was bringing people together. We need some real leaders to step up in this moment and take this by the horns and say, this is how we're going to do this. We need to unite, to Joe's point, around an agenda, not around a hatred. Uh, it has to be standing for something if we really want to be a governing party. Do you think what we're seeing with the defense of Jim Jordan, who I, I agree with you, does not have the votes, this is clearly an indication of, of the still strong power of Donald Trump, former president? I, I think he's probably getting counseled to stay in the fight and and be in front of the camera and fight till the death. He, he's not coming off the mat. He's a former wrestler, and I can say that. He's not coming off the mat. The, the votes will not be there for him. And this, I think inside, Jim Jordan knows that, and he wants to do the right thing. Remember, yesterday, he was the guy who said he was going to step aside and we would have a conf- Patrick McHenry at least till January 1. So who blew that idea up? I'm thinking that came from Florida, would be my guess. I just I don't understand what the goal here is. If you keep doing this, then you are really running the risk of putting the country in serious. We're already there. We're in two wars, basically, in between Russia and Ukraine, and now Israel and everybody else in the Middle East. And we couldn't even pass an aid package if we wanted to. And oh, by the way, government shutdown looming. I mean, how is that? How is any of this from the Republican perspective? going to lead to success down the road if you follow me on twitter my tweet this week was being in the minority is very easy governing is hard it takes serious people to do it and right now we don't have enough serious people in the conference saying stop this is nonsense we got to move on we have to come together figure out who our speaker is going to be not a temporary speaker figure out who our speaker is going to be and unite around an agenda let me ask it a different way does any of this either side surprise you the conduct, the death threats, the inability to get a speaker in place. Sadly, no. Um, I, listen, since 2015, when Donald Trump came down that elevator, 
He has upended American life, American politics, and probably most of all, Republican, the Republican Party, right? Everything from if you go back to like the, the threats that he was making that if he didn't get the nomination, he would run as an independent and the terror that struck through the Republican Party. The fact, you know, from the Access Hollywood tapes where you had the RNC chair saying, you should drop out, you will lose by a landslide. It's just instance after instance. He has broken the Republican Party, and now it's up to Republicans to try to fix that. And by a lot of measures, that fix isn't possible soon because he's leading by 50 points and going to be the nominee of the Republican Party again. And so from the rhetoric that he uses on down, it shouldn't surprise us that we see landlords in Colorado evicting Republican members of Congress who dare not support Jim Jordan for speaker because they're MAGA Republicans and they want Jim Jordan in that spot. The, the, the violent rhetoric has a cost, and I am terrified. Someone's going to get killed over this. And if not over this, then something that Trump or someone like him says, and we have seen some close calls that thankfully law enforcement averted. Whether it was, you know, the guy in the in the van down in Florida with bomb making materials or the armed individual who tried to get into a federal building, I think it was in Ohio, someone's going to get killed over this. And that is very, very dangerous to state the obvious. This all came down to Jim uh, Kevin McCarthy keeping the government open and making sure that our servicemen and women were getting paid. Right. The the eight chaos conference members on my side decided that that was that was treasonous right that was beyond the pale and he had to go none of those eight said a word when donald trump spent more than any president in u.s history that's a fact so at some point facts have to matter in this debate on my side of the aisle i'm not looking at you angrily joe it's it's we have to get back to reality here there are realities in politics jim jordan doesn't have the votes matt gates is not going to win there are members of the House conference who will never, ever vote for whoever he wants for speaker, period. Six members, Republican members of Congress from Wisconsin, are all Jim Jordan supporters, or, or that's how they voted. When will that shift? Today? I think they'll all be with him today. But then after that, I think they're going to... Those. Listen, I feel bad for those guys. I think we have six tremendous Republicans on, on the Republican side here in the state of Wisconsin. I think any one of them could be uh, the Speaker of the House. No, no, wants the job. Mike Gallagher's name was floated this week. He quickly dismissed that. Brian Stile, I would say, uh, has grown more in office than any politician I can ever remember in my lifetime. I think he's close to being ready to do this. Uh, I think Scott Fitzgerald has proven, both as as majority leader in, in Wisconsin for the state Senate, that he could do it. But I feel bad for these guys. They're loyal. They know what winning looks like. They're trying to be team players. Uh, and sadly, you know, they're on the wrong team right now. And what I'll just say is we've been talking about whether Jim Jordan can get to 217. He can't. But we should also talk about the fact that this is someone who refused to vote to certify the 2020 election, still will not admit that Joe Biden won a free and fair election. He is someone who believes that abortion, all abortion should be outlawed from the moment of conception on. These are political losers for the Republican Party, not just in swing districts, but across the country. And I would. I'm pretty surprised that Mike Gallagher, uh, Brian Stile, those are not like 65% Republican oh, districts. No. 
Those are tough votes Mm -hmm. that they've now made, and there could be a political impact for them saying, even though they did the right thing on January 6th, they're now willing to support someone who did not. Joseph Joseph Pecky, Bill McCaution, there's a looming third speaker vote for Jim Jordan apparently coming up momentarily. Uh, We will keep you posted on that throughout the show today. Join us with your questions, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. You're listening to WTMJ Now. Having fun on a Friday with Bill McCutcheon, public strategist, Joseph Hackey on the Democratic side. Um, lots of different comments, but a lot of them are around Trump. So let's talk about Trump. Some, some I think, bad news. One of his attorneys, Sidney Powell, the, the, what was it, unleashed a Kraken attorney? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the lady they wanted, that they tried to appoint as special counsel. counsel during the Trump administration, right? waiting days to try to investigate the non-existent uh, voter fraud so let me just say this because I want to really want to hear what you guys have to say. I said at the time, I say it now, this this woman is nuts. I think she's nuts. She may be an attorney or is an attorney. I, I don't know if that's going to be part of the deal where she's not an attorney anymore. I hope that's the case. But, Bill, this this is not helpful if you're a fan of Donald Trump. This can't be helpful to your case. Well, I, I certainly don't think it's helpful. And I, I was with you in December of 2020. Ooh. I'm like, okay, where are the facts? I'm open to hearing some facts. Sure. What and is it? Giuliani said we have a lot of theories, but no evidence. Was that the day where his makeup was literally rolling down his face? Yes. She was there. Yeah, the she was conference. there. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't understand how what the end game is here. I mean, there, there must be facts, or, or you wouldn't be standing before national cameras, right? Except they never produce any facts. In fact, all the facts worked against them because these, each challenge that they made, and regardless of which state it was, came back saying there was no widespread fraud. So. Um, I'm not sure what she gets out of the deal or what she gave up for the deal or how it impacts Trump. It doesn't seem to impact him in the primary, but I think all of these things cumulatively absolutely will have an impact in the general. I think it was what, 21 individuals or 19 individuals were part of that particular RICO case. Here's the challenge for former President Trump from just a legal standpoint. Sidney Powell may strike us as a little bit off and a little, a little nuts, but she's more likely to have real lawyers than President Trump is at this point, right? Lawyers who know what they're doing, uh, expect to be paid, will be paid. And what they are saying is the government's got you dead to rights. If you do not come to a plea deal, this will be worse for you and you will probably go to jail. That is a heck of a world to live in and it makes somebody go, okay, how do I not have to go to jail? And then the prosecutors come in and say, okay, if you apologize to the people of, Florida, of Georgia, which she has done, yeah. if you agree to testify truthfully against the other defendants, um, and if you agree not to speak about this case or your role in it or speak to Donald Trump until the case is resolved, we will give you just six years probation. That's a pretty steep price. I mean, six years on probation ain't fun. Right. And, and she's saying that's the only way I avoid prison. She's not the first person to what they call flip. She's the second. Right. And there will be more of this. So is the goal here to one by one chip away at all the other defendants? Absolutely. So you're looking at Donald Trump exclusively. That is with their help. That is with their pro- help. Uh, testifying against. Him. Yes. That is prosecuting 101. It is part of why you, you know, cast the wide net and indict a lot of people who may not have the resources of Donald Trump, although. 
how many resources he have is a question being debated in another courtroom because <laughs> all this guy does is spend time in front of judges and juries. Uh, but this, this is a pretty big fish among those 19 to get Sid Powell. Bill, so I, I just got a text. Uh, I'll read a little bit of it. Um, it's it basically, I'm going to paraphrase. It's, it's about the, the claim that liberal media, media in general, focuses too much on Trump. How do you not focus on someone who's the leading candidate for the nomination? How do you not focus on that? And he makes sure they focus on him. Right. You know, even during the beginning of the Israeli-Palestinian uh, war here, uh, you know, he was having press conferences every day, making things about him and his relationship with Bibi Netanyahu. So, uh, and talking about how smart Hamas is. You can't just blame the out. media for that. He's, he's, he insists on that, and he wants that. And so the listeners understand, I, I'm for generational change. I have not made a decision on who I'm going to support in this race, but I don't think 80-year-olds should be our president, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump. So I, I'm not, I don't want to come on the show every week and hammer on Donald Trump, but he, he makes a lot of mistakes. I, I think this campaign actually could be over on the Republican side if he simplified it and actually had some discipline in his campaign. So... Again, I've asked this question like a million different ways, but as, as, and I hear from a lot of these people, as Republican voters who are sick of Trump but want to win an election for president, what are you, what are we telling them other than to support other candidates like Nikki Haley, like which I, who I advocate for all the time? Other than that, how do you knock down the Trump train? They also have to talk to other Trumpers. Right. Right. Because they won't listen to me. I, they I won't know, listen to you. We, Bill and I know a lot of Trump fans. I, I have friends, family, neighbors who, who are as insistent today as they were the last two times. They're not, we're not changing their minds. Nope. And I don't know even then know how you would. Then you're stuck because they'll never listen to me. They might listen to you. Well, I think this speaker's race is, is a microcosm of what's coming, right? There, there is a divide within the party and, to think that Donald Trump can bring that all together if he is the nominee oh, next, he's not much of a uniter. next July in, in uh, How Milwaukee. How is that not a circus if he's... I, I don't see it. Uh, you know, I, I have friends who are trying to help Trump or are definitely all in for Trump, and they love to burn down Nikki Haley and, and Ron DeSantis. And I say, what are you doing? What are you doing? What end does that serve? He's up by 40 or 50 points right now. There's You're not going to get that extra point to 51 or 52 Right. And what if something happens and he can't be the nominee? Why would you destroy a credible alternative candidates? And they, they can't answer it. Do you see I'll, I'll say it. Do you see a, a potential nightmare scenario when we're we're sitting here next year and he is the candidate, but all the other things are all coming together at the same time? We're like, what do we who's our person? Is 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 it a return to like the old conventions of the past? Uh Backroom deals. I want Milwaukee Bill to looks like he's shine. Be sick. I am sick. <laughs> Take your yoga. I, I've got to get back to my yoga breathing <laughs> on the break here. I, I, I am sick. This isn't where I want our party to be. I want Milwaukee to shine next year. I want the state of Wisconsin to shine. I want our party to be able to come together, no matter who you supported in the primary. We are not on that path right now. I'll answer my own question. The way this starts to happen, and you're talking about influence and, and media, people like Scott Walker, former governor, and other. People who are solidly in the Trump camp, even though they pretend they're not, need to start saying it out loud. That's the way you change it. My opinion. And, and <laughs> former Governor Walker. Quickly. Former Governor Walker. I, I don't know, former Governor Walker, but I have a hard time believing he means a lot of what he says on social media these days. That's a guy who, in 2016, sounded very different than he does now in terms of Trump. W what's he doing? 
I don't get it. I think in the in in his heart of heart, he would love to see Donald Trump be the nominee. That's my opinion. Really? He see, could, I, and I think you know, the here's the deal. He could come on the show and tell me otherwise. I don't think he would do. I'll that. give enough credit to say I think in his heart of hearts he doesn't want to see that. He oh, just is I'm afraid not... to say so. I think he's a Pence guy myself. They're good friends. Pence have has been for no a long chance time. Of Zero chance. He should be out already. Okay, so former governor, and I have a lot of respect for governors. That's why one of the reasons I'm supporting Nikki Haley. You should know that. All right, Bill McCutcheon, Joseph Pecky. I'm warmed up now. Yoga breathe, Steve. Yoga breathe. <laughs> long, long, deep breaths, slow breaths. All right, we'll take a break. We'll return. Your questions, 855-616-1620, the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Ah, uh, the Political Power Hour, my favorite hour of the week, other than the hours I'm doing the show by myself. <laughs> if I'm going to be brutally honest, Bill McCosh, Republican strategist, Joe Zepecki on the Democratic side of things. All right, there's a Senate race going to happen in Wisconsin. Tammy Baldwin and are we sure? Some Republican is, bill. Where are we at on that? Is there a Senate race? Where are we at, Bill? If uh, nobody runs against her, is there? A Senate well, race? there's two Republicans in right now. I, I apologize, I can't tell you their names. Uh, one's, <laughs> from, one's from Trempolo County, one's Good from time. Portage County, both female. Good. Good for you. I'm. You know, anybody who throws their name on a ballot, I'm going to give them kudos. There will be stronger more f- well-funded candidates on the Republican side after the first of the Big year. Big names that we're... Yeah. Mm. I think you'll see Eric Covde and Scott Meyer get in the race uh, after the first of the year. There's not a lot of rush to do it now because they can self-fund at least the initial part of the campaign. Uh, and why, a... why have the reporting requirements or have the other side start to come after you? But I'm going to bring this all the way back to our first topic, which is Wisconsin could be much more in play next year as a result of what's going on in the House. Because the money will follow predictability. And the Senate Republicans have a far better map next year. They have at three almost guarantees that that would give them the majority. But they have three or four other really strong potential races, including in the state of Wisconsin. So you will see bigger names who do have the ability to at least self-fund a significant portion of the early race. And then we'll see how it shakes out. Then the national environment will play a role. Hmm. Rebecca Clayfish? I don't think she, I think she already announced she's not getting it. Oh, okay. Well, people can change their minds. I don't know if we mentioned this, but I was in Washington D.C. for most of this week. Mm-hmm. I spoke to someone who was at the recent NRSC uh, retreat, like donor retreat. And were you part of the insurrection the other day? <laughs> I was not. I was waiting. I was waiting to be called in from the bullpen to be Speaker of the House. I thought I saw they that with a baseball cap on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're exactly right. Wisconsin is like down the tier two list. Yeah, it definitely and, and, is. and that is part of the reason I think Republicans are struggling to get a candidate to take on Tammy Baldwin. The other reason is Tammy Baldwin's really, really tough to beat and is a really good United States senator. And so if it's David Clark or who's like the biggest name still talking about it that isn't from California, I, like I don't know. You guys gotta your recruiting needs a little something because. It, like literally, Eric Hovde won an award for being like the Orange County Man of the Year within the last two months. We just see he's only voted in like 17 of the last 30 elections in Wisconsin. He got his most recent absentee ballot sent from uh, the Wisconsin Elections Commission to California. I thought Republicans didn't like when people were, you know, doing mail-in ballots, much less to California. Like, what are we doing Newsflash, here? like me, he lives in Dane County, and there isn't a lot of reason to vote in primaries in Dane <laughs> County. The, Although we're, we're lucky to have one candidate for an office. <laughs> Let's be fair. Voting record is important. It I, is important. I don't miss elections. It, I don't care how big they are or small. I, I make all the big I, ones, for yeah. sure. 
I, I feel like every time we talk about the Senate race, I'm going to need the California dreaming queued up here because I don't <laughs> think a California man is the answer Wisconsin Republicans are looking for. All right, for. so you don't, you don't have a name in your head that you think is going to be a surprise. You, you, don't, you don't want to say. No, I, I think it's uh, Havdi and Meyer are both getting in. I do. And, and my advice would be let's not do what we did in 2018 when Nicholson and Vukmir literally destroyed each other right. or what we did in 2022 when Michaels and Clayfish destroyed each other. Wait, in the park, right? Where's Nicholson? No better friends. Uh, he's back being a consultant, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, grab bag, early grab bag. We're going we're gonna to go to break early. So uh, what, what do you guys have in the grab bag? Now you got to think about it because I, I surprised you. Bill's, Bill does his homework. We're okay. ready. Yeah, yeah, so no, right. I'm going to give my shout-out this week to Michael Best, the law firm here in Milwaukee, iconic law firm. It's now in six states. Uh, it is our 175th anniversary. That's impressive. Uh, it, 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 for those that don't know, I am part of Michael Best Strategies, which is their lobbying arm. And, is that uh, pro- still in there? He is. He He's is. on the comm side. Tell, tell Evan I said I, I will do that. Evan and, is on and, the comm side. Tell, tell them both of us. <laughs> yeah. He used to be on the show all the time. Now he now he gives me a blank stare when I say you want to be on the show. Not yeah. That, I'm just so uh <laughs> was part of the celebration yesterday in Milwaukee, and uh, there were lawyers in from all over the country and lobbyists in from around the country. And, and David Kretz, our managing partner, has done a phenomenal job growing the country and building the platform. And so... Kudos to Michael Best. I bet you the the catering was good at that party. It was damn good. <laughs> I bet it was. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, yeah. No, bring along some some plus ones, maybe. All right, grab bag, Joe. Uh, I was in D.C. this week. I spent uh, Wednesday evening walking the mall at night, and you know, did the Jefferson Memorial, the Martin Luther King Jr., the Franklin Roosevelt, the Lincoln Memorial, the Vietnam Wall. Um, it just like. That's, that's a, a good night. That's a great night. I love doing that at night. I first did that more than 20 years ago when I was an intern on Capitol Hill in 2001 in the summer just before the 9-11 attacks. And I'm just going to say a lot has changed in those 22 years. And for me, thankfully, one thing that has not is the majesty of those monuments and the way that they sort of stir me and make me think about the world and I left that evening feeling a renewed sense of hope and optimism because the reality of the American story is it was never as good as we tell ourselves it was. There have always been moments of great conflict between people who disagree, but we have always found our way through it and forward because people made choices that bent the moral arc of the universe towards justice or towards greater freedom or greater equality. And the pursuit of a more perfect union is not supposed to ever be over, right? That's the beauty of that phrase. And so as disheartening and frustrating and just stuck on stupid as our politics can seem sometimes, (laughs) yes, uh, this is not the first time that we've been in what seem like dangerous places or frustrating places. And I just would urge everybody, because we so often talk about the bad, um, to try to take a little hope and a little optimism that... We've been in places like this before. We will be in places like this again. But we, the people, this great country, can find a way forward. We will find a way forward, even if it takes 16 more votes for Jim Jordan to realize he's not going to be Speaker of the House. Uh, real quick for my buddy David Pavlik, 92, year, 92 years old, uh, having some health challenges. He's a veteran of the Korean War, frozen chosen. I mean, the guy's done everything. Um, a warrior to every extent you could possibly 
apply that term to, and uh, I wish him my best. He's one of my favorite people in the world. So thank you for your service. Yes, thanks Amen. for your service, and 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 we're, we're thinking about you, David Pavlik. Uh, gentlemen, we'll do it again next Friday. Yeah, we're on political power. Hour. I'll, leave, I'll leave you with this real quick. Will we have a speaker by then? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. I'm not even predicting anymore. <laughs> real quick, because we got to get to break. Uh, Steve, the only way you can make the power hour better is if you made it two hours. I learned from you. I learned so much from all of you. So, little kudos. Nice. Folks. Thanks to the listener for that.